You know, I was looking at, um, I love documentaries. Anybody else love documentaries? I love documentaries. Um, I saw, um, you know, when you're scrolling through your phone and you see these little clips come on, and it was this clip of a new documentary coming out about the Bakers, Tammy and Jim Baker. Yeah. And, you know, you look at it, and obviously the media shows you a lot of negativity, and they did some wrong. I don't really know their story too much. But I remember thinking back when a lot of this stuff came out, and I was like, those wretched people, how could they? Why would they? I don't believe them. But when you look at it, they just got swayed. And if you look at the person and who they are and who they intended to be and the love that they had for people, put aside the bad that they've done, because they did do bad, like that's for the rails. But um, just the love that they had. They had a different view of God, I think, and they were on a path maybe I wouldn't choose. (laughs) but they had a heart for people. And I was just, you know, there's something that I struggle with in my life to do. And I'm like, how do, you, how do I do this, Lord? I'm like, do, do, do it this way, do I do it this way, <laughs> do, do it this way. Like, how, how do you figure this out? And then I start to go with, well, maybe if they would just, you, you know that part of the conversation in your head? If they would just get it right, if Chris could just walk right, I could do things better. <laughs> If he could sleep right, I could do things better. And I was just sitting here trying to figure out how to do this, racking my brain, and I just felt the Lord just say, just, just do it. Just whatever that looks like for, for you. And that was, the word that I had was just freedom. And I was like, well, that, well, that was freedom. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so you mean I don't have to go to school for this? I don't have to read a thousand books for this? I don't have to do a bunch of Zoom calls. I could just do it and figure it out with you because that's why you sent the Holy Spirit to help. Oh, oh, okay. I forgot about that. Freedom. I just wanted to share that with you. (laughs) Whatever you're looking to do, it's not hard. You just do it. And as you do it, you make mistakes and you learn from them. And you pick up the pieces and you keep going. And whatever that looks like, you just do it. That's freedom. Like, you know, there's no lists. Sometimes you almost feel like, okay, if I could have a list of things, (laughs) I wouldn't have to think. If I could just have this list, I'd be fine. But there's no heart, there's no feeling, there's no learning. It's a list. And I don't want a list, but it would make it easier, but it wouldn't be real, and it wouldn't be me walking in freedom. I don't know. That's where I'm at, (laughs) trying to just figure out and do it. That's what I've been doing up here, Um, trying to figure out and do this, like this general area right here. This, I think it's like a two-mile walk from that seat. It feels like a two-mile walk from that seat. But just do it. Thanks for the encouragement, John. I did it. <laughs> oh, thank you, John. John and I, the four of us get together sometimes, and John and I have these crazy conversations, and I'm like, yes, John, you... I'm not crazy, because if John thinks it, then, then you're not crazy, right? Everybody knows John. If John thinks it, then it's, it's good. Oh, well, good morning. I just want to welcome everybody today. We have some visitors here with, with our mom and dad. Thank you guys for being here. <laughs> Yay! Oh, y'all look good. I'm going to awkwardly pass this over to Chris like I normally do. <laughs> no, no. Because you know how much time Chris loves up here? He loves to be up here. (laughs) Start your two-mile walk. Uh, Man. Uh, Thank you, Marilyn. He is good, amen? Man, that was some really good stuff, babe. That was really powerful and really good. He's so good. 
He's just really good. Man, I know that uh, there's just so much that's been going on. And uh, uh, in the middle of all that's going on, don't forget that he's just good. Real, right. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it sounds or feels like, what it smells like. It doesn't matter how hard it hurts. He's good. Amen? Amen. Man, well, I know our kiddos are ready to go learn about this Holy Spirit that is not junior. Yeah? Man, is it all dudes in here today? Do we have any, any ladies? Oh, there we go. Okay. All right. Man. Yeah. Y'all better treat her like a lady. Chivalry is alive and well. I don't care what Fox News or CNN says. Amen. All right, kiddos, why don't y'all stand real quick, and man, Father, just bless these kiddos today as they go learn about you, and man, we just bless, man, thank Lydia so much for the heart she has, the insight she has, and uh, man, Lord, just bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, uh, man, I feel like I'm forgetting something, but Raquel didn't forget anything, I don't think, so then we're good. Um, turn with me, if you would, to the book of John. Uh, I'm going to, I kind of got rocked a little bit uh, the last couple of days with some stuff that kind of threw me for a loop with where I was headed, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to start where I was headed and just kind of see from there. <laughs> um, Feel, am I forgetting? Are we forgetting something, babe? Pretty sure. Yeah, okay. Well, okay. Gregory and Sarah are pointing at each other. So, what does that mean? Oh, that's right. After service, um, um, in, um, you can see Sarah for some information, but uh, anybody that is willing and can go, uh, they're going to head up to the courthouse because um, I tell you what, I don't want to put that out exactly, uh, all that detail, but they're just going, uh, there's some details that we want to go into the courthouse for something that's going on tomorrow, and we want to just claim that atmosphere. We just want to sit there and, 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 just, and just proclaim and de, uh, not declare victory, we want to decree victory. Amen. We want to call that victory out uh, for the family that's needed um, due to some injustice. Um, and so if you can, if you can join, <laughs> sorry, uh, if you can join after service, you can see Sarah for those details. Um, and uh, to be up at, up at the courthouse at Conroe, our great city, fastest growing city in the nation. Amen. Um, but uh, turn with me, if you would, to the book of John, chapter 16, if you would. Um, man, you know, on this journey that we're on, um, there's so much that we've learned and so much that has changed in the last five years, six years. This this radical conversion that we've gone through as a community. And um, uh, it's just so interesting. I love something that I kind of caught on to a couple of years ago, and, uh, and it blows me away. And sometimes I don't like it, but I love it, and it still blows me away. Um, you know, when your son or your daughter is born, they're your kid, right? I mean, there's no changing that, right? But when they come out, um, like they can't do calculus right then. They don't know... All of the presidents um, of the United States, they don't know where they, they don't know any of that. They, they can't walk, they can't talk. You know, we were just talking about the grandkids, how when they get about six months old or so, Raquel does this thing somewhere in that there's a certain period where they start ooing and aahing and goo-gooing and gaga and all that. It's one of those moments. And she'll set them on the couch. And she's got pictures and stuff of all of them. She'll set them on the couch right there. She'll just start talking talking to them, right? And they'll just start to have this conversation. And that baby don't have a clue what's going on, except, you know, here's my, my grandma. They just know there's something, and 
But that baby at that capacity, she can't do a lot, right? But that's still a son or a daughter or a grandbaby. And there's just this fascinating thing about capacity that we have true freedom right now. Our freedom was bought and paid for. Our authority was given. Our, our, our righteousness state is there. It's ours. But there's this state of capacity that we don't quite have yet fulfilled. And we're, we're on this journey to fulfill capacity. Um, you know, uh, New King James calls it working. I mean, um, that's not what I wanted to say. Working out your salvation in fear and trembling. <laughs> it's the process of sanctification. And it's this process of us not to be made holy, but to be made whole, complete. Uh, you know, if you were, came out of a whole life of, like myself, full of rejection and all that, my rejection was bought and paid for at the cross. My revelation of that was, paid, was uh, grabbed, grabbed, I grabbed a hold of that at the moment of my freedom when I realized that. But that level of capacity was very small. And so now I'm on this journey of going deeper into my capacity of freedom from rejection or freedom into my identity or freedom from whatever the past was. Does that make sense? And, man, sometimes that's frustrating, right? Were any of y'all the ones that you wanted to ride a bike so bad you get mad because you couldn't? I think that was Mark. I mean, you know, you, oh, man, I want to do this. We were, we were at our, we were watching our grandkids the other, uh, last weekend, and uh, y'all saw them all running around here, cl- climbing on the altar and all that. So he went for the mic, man. He went straight for the mic. His name is Wilder. And there is much in a name. We're at the table the other day, and he's trying to open something. Oh, he was digging ice cream, that's right, in a little cup. And he's sitting there, and he couldn't quite get it. He's... Fixing to be three? And, you know, he's three. He doesn't have the capacity to dig into a little cup of bluebell and spoon it. He doesn't have that capacity, that understanding. The motor skill's not fully developed yet, right? And he's sitting there, and he's going for it, and he's, come on, man. He's got that down. He's got the verbal uh, altercation down, right? Come on, man. He's got a gravel in there and everything, man. He was not at the capacity motor skill-wise or strength-wise or whatever other word, uh, dexterity-wise. He can't do that yet, but he wanted it. Frustrating, man. You know what we do. Man, you just, that's bluebell. You just go for it, man. Anyway, we helped and we dug him out. And so this morning, I want to I dive into this aspect of freedom but also of warfare. We've been talking a lot about fighting and warfare uh, here lately. Our church, our community here, man, you all know, we've been going through the ringer, right? Different families uh, at different situations and different times. As a community, we've been in the battles. Is that true? And so it's interesting to me that we have victory. Victory is ours. We own that. That's our dad bought and paid for, right? But we still got to go through warfare, battle, things. I mean, yea, though I walk through the valley of, or yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, hey, I'm going to be with you. Hey, when you're in the midst of your enemies, I will make a table for you. You know, we all say that because it's so beautiful and it's so poetic. And oh, in the midst of my enemies. We'll have a ribeye from Eric and a hamburger from John on my plate. And all hell is breaking loose from me. Like, it sounds poetically beautiful. And like something should be hanging in a museum. You ever been in that place? It don't look like that at all. It looks like, Jesus, where are you? Holy Spirit. What did you say? Where, where are you? I mean, you know what I'm talking? Y'all been there? And those are facts of life as a son of God. Remember, we looked at this a couple weeks ago where he says, hey, Jesus says, hey, guys, I'm going to send you out, and it's going to feel 
like you are lambs in the midst of wolves. I don't know about you. That's how it was for me at Fonville Middle School. But I didn't like that feeling at all. Nobody likes being in that place. But it's a fact of our life with the Father that he's going to put us. No, 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 no. Never mind. Scratch that. That's angry dad theology that I don't have anymore. He doesn't put us in places. We will be in places where we will feel like we are lambs before wolves. Are you with me? Yeah? All right. So with that, I want to jump into some things that I I was just kind of pondering this week is mainly as I was walking Ellie, man, I, I, you know, five o'clock in the morning, I'm out there walking her. We're almost out of the apartment. Yes. Please pray for us. We want to be in our house already. But there was this, 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 um, this thing kept hitting me and, and I kept wondering about this and I started pondering this thing. Um, and so I started looking into how, how Father speaks to us. Looking at how he speaks to us, but also thinking about how the enemy speaks to us. And how we are as, as human beings, as sons, as daughters, kings, queens, children of God, right? And so there's this thing that I dug into about... We probably, you probably know the New King James Version about the wiles of the devil in Ephesians where he talks about the, or the New American Standard, the schemes, right? And so I, I want to look at the wiles, the schemes, and the conversation. And so, Father, I just ask you that as we read your word right here, that this would just totally jump out and make some sense and that we would come to a new place of capacity in our understanding of our identity and of the strength and the value that we walk in, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Turn to somebody and ask them if they're ready. Are you ready? All right. You ready? All right. Here we go. Uh, John chapter 16. I love the red words, right? (laughs) Everybody else love the red words? New stinking Bibles. What's wrong with these people, man? They don't put red letters in them. You know, I love the Passion Translation, but there ain't no red letters. And then on top of that, they don't even capitalize my dad's name. What's wrong with these people, man? I got to talk to Brian Simmons and say, hey, bud, I got to really think harder now when I'm reading, right? Wait, wait, is that Jesus or is that? Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. But there's this, there's this passage um, that we're going to dig into here. We're going to start in verse 12. Uh, and I'm going to read out of both. I'm going to read it out of the New American Standard which is uh, what I I really love to study out of, and and I tie that in with a passion quite a bit. Um, So um, starting in verse 12, John chapter 16, um, you know, Jesus is is talking to them. He's warning them about some things in the beginning of the chapter of stuff that's going to happen. Again, you're going to be in a fight, right, because you're my son and daughter, and this is what's going to happen, but it's okay, I got you. And and then around verse 5, he gets into... Um, the promise of the Holy Spirit, which he already began to talk about uh, previously, right? And in, obviously when Jesus was talking, he didn't say, and now, chapter 16. But back in chapter 14 is where he first talked about the promise and the helper. So here in 16, he's going to elaborate a little bit. And in, um, he's beginning to tell them uh, about Holy Spirit, how he will come, he is a helper, how he's going to, um, you know, convict some things and stuff like that. But in verse 12, he says, I have more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them at this present time. Now, we don't, we don't walk around really talking like that anymore, do we? Do, you know, do you look at John and say, John, is the strain too much to bear? <laughs> we don't really talk like that anymore, right? Um <laughs> So out of the passion, the, the, and, and for anybody that wants to throw rocks at us about the passion translation and call us heresy, whatever, uh, hashtag you gone, no. Um, Brian Simmons took 
the, the Aramaic and the Greek, and he studied culture, he studied uh, conversation. So what we are actually getting out of the Passion is the actual, the way it would have been spoken, right? Um, Jesus didn't walk around saying, verily, verily, that's, you know, 1600s English. Anyway, look at chapter 16, verse 12 in the Passion. He says, there is so much more that I would like to say to you, but it's more than you can grasp at this moment. So there's a concept of the father consistently with his children that he wants to give more. He's always trying to give more. Is this, is this true? Are you with me? The minute or the moment that you or I think that God is done with us or he's not speaking or where are you at, we're missing some things because he never stops and it's never enough with him. He simply wants to, he already lavished his love on us, but he's looking to lavish capacity. Does that make sense? This, I want to give you more, but you can't grasp it right now. That's like the other day when Wilder's, come on, man. That's like me getting mad. Come on, you little knucklehead. Can't you get the ice cream out? Use a spoon, boy. Well, that's probably how I raised my kids. And, <laughs> but now, yeah, now that I'm older and I'm wiser and I'm understanding, uh, Man, we had our kids. I think I was like 18. I didn't know nothing. So forgive me, kiddos. But that would be like me being upset that he can't use the spoon, right? Number one, our father is not like that. Number two, he is like that. See, he's, he's not like getting angry that you can't grasp something. But he is the father that wants to give you more. And it's not him that can't handle it. It's you. It's me. So he's looking to give us deeper, wider, height, depth, breadth of his love, of his capacity. Yes, we're all in agreement there? That's what he says. Amen. So, um, so then he says, think about this for a second here. He tells him, I want to give you more, but you cannot grasp it at this moment. But, verse 13, out of the Passion, when the truth-giving spirit comes, he will unveil the reality of every truth within you. He will not speak on his own, but only what he hears from the Father, and he will reveal it prophetically to you what is to come. So let me read that out of the New American Standard, verse 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what it is to come. So not only is Holy Spirit's responsibility and his heart to reveal the Father's heart to you now so that you can grasp something at the moment, but He's also looking to reveal to you what's coming in the future. We just read that. Is that true? It sounds like only two of y'all are convinced of that point. Okay. Oh, there we go. We got a third. All right. We can move on then. I love this, this thought that when the truth-giving Spirit comes, He will unveil the reality of every truth within you. The only real battle that you and I face is the battle for identity. Who you are is who He made you to be. You're just not at that full capacity yet, starting with me. I'm not at my full capacity yet. But the more that I am who He created me to be, the more understanding I have, and the less other things affect me or hinder me. Does that make sense? I mean, it's interesting. We're going to see in a minute. When the enemy comes, when the battles come, when things happen, they're just about all directed at you and who you are. Right? 
Why? Because when you know that who you are as a son or a daughter of God, that's it. Hands off, baby. You can't do it. Can't beat us, right? And it's in those moments that we're going to grasp greater identity. Holy Spirit is coming to reveal the deep truth within you. So is it true what Paul wrote to the Corinthians that old things passed away, all things become new? When you have the revelation, oh, he died for me. Oh, he loves me. Oh, when you have that revelation and you're instantly right there, you're born again, you step into the new creation status of who he created you to be before the foundations of the world. Before he ever said, let there be light, he said, Austin Kalawaski, Ryan Har, right? And the moment that you say, ah, yes, he says, ah, yes, because there's a shift, there's a switch inside of you. Your nature's changed. Your identity, you step into who you really were meant to be, and now begins the process of fulfilling the capacity my grandson, is he has all the mechanicals, like he has the mechanics to dig the ice cream out of the cup. He's got hands. He's got thumbs. He can grab. He's got some strength. He's got eyes to see where the spoon needs to go and then to bring it up to his mouth. He's got the hunger and the desire because he licked the top of it at first. And he knows. Oh, yeah. So he knows he's got to get all these things working. And he... Right now, as he is at three years old, he is fully um, entailed with everything he needs to do that. He just doesn't have the capacity and understanding yet. But he will get there, hopefully soon. Right? Come on, man. That's how he did it. It was hilarious. Are you all with me? Okay. So, Holy Spirit... Uh, comes, he will unveil the reality of every truth within you. You know what's so interesting? When you see the word truth uh, in the New Testament, it actually means reality. That's the Greek and the Aramaic. It actually means reality. We've gotten on this kind of bend about, uh, you know, the truth shall make, shall make you free. And we think that the truth like we read about, is only Jesus' words, but that's not actually true. The definition of truth is reality. Now, the reality is that what he says is true because it's reality. Uh-oh, we're in the twilight zone now. <laughs> Are you with me? Does this make sense? The word truth is reality, and Holy Spirit comes to reveal to you the full reality within you already. Why? Because your identity, my identity is already set. I'm already the son. I'm already programmed out. There's just these other capacities that Holy Spirit and Raquel are trying to change in me. So he says, talking about Holy Spirit, he says, he, Holy Spirit, won't speak on his own. He doesn't even come with his own agenda. He comes, he only uh, but he will only speak what he hears from the Father and will reveal to you prophetically what is to come. Uh, verse 14, he will glorify me, that's Jesus, on earth, for he will receive from me what is mine and reveal it to you. Everything belongs to the Father. Uh, everything that belongs to the Father belongs to me, and that's why I say that the divine encourager will receive what is mine, this is Jesus talking, and he will reveal it to you. Father's heart, Jesus' hand, passed on to Holy Spirit revelation to you and I. Are you with me? Everything <clears throat> that belongs to the Father belongs to me. And that's why I say that the divine encourager, Holy Spirit, will receive what is mine and reveal it to you. Soon you won't see me any longer, but then after a little while you will see me in a new way. And that's where Jesus begins to depart. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit's responsibility is to reveal 
not just the Father's heart to you and I, but to reveal the Father's heart for you and I, to you and I. Is that, do you hear what I'm getting at? So there's some things here to point out. This all starts with a conversation and Jesus explaining some things. He explains about there's more, but it's beyond their understanding, their capacity. Um, And I mentioned that he always wants to do and give more, but he needs space and capacity in us. And that is not, uh, let's all keep going to Mia's table eating a chicken fried steak and make more space and capacity. That's not what that is. It's the capacity here in your mind and in your heart as we grow into a deeper understanding. And so um, I love that he tells us in verse 13 that he only reveals the Father's, what the Father says and the Father's heart within us. And that he reveals current, but also prophetically. We are, uh, we are a full five-fold ministry believing church. We believe in the prophetic. Um, uh, Raquel stands in that office as a prophet of this house, and uh, we believe in that wholeheartedly. And we will continue to push to learn uh, about ourselves prophetically and for our community and for those folks on the street that we run into that need to hear the revelation of the Father's heart for them. Amen? So let's turn now uh, to Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, let me know when you get there. I know they're going to put it on the screen too. Ephesians 6. This is the warfare chapter, right? Holy Spirit says, come get you some. Come on, get some, boy. Get some. Um, yeah, everybody there? Ephesians 6. So, um, Man, how do arguments start? Oh, I guess none of y'all really argue, so I'll tell you about Raquel and I. <laughs> they start because of her. <laughs> Did y'all hear my voice trail off there at the end? A little bit, yeah. I'm going to stand in my identity right now. <laughs> you know... Arguments start with conversation or a thought, whether it's a conversation in your head or out loud. Most of mine are out loud. I'm a verbal processor. I start talking, and I just put my foot right in my mouth, and I mess up. I think about the things I say after I say them usually, which is not always the best thing. Conversations, whether they're in your head or they're out loud, are what start arguments. They're what start issues, right? There's nobody just standing around brain dead and all of a sudden they're mad and want to argue. with. There's something that went on in there. Is that, are you with me? So what happened earlier this week is I'm, I'm walking Ellie. It was, I think it was actually about 5.30 that morning. And I'm just thinking about... Um, you know, being seated at the table in the presence of my enemies, valley of shadow of death, more than a conqueror, victory is ours because the battle is his. I mean, it's all these verses, and I think about, man, look at all the stuff that some of the people went through. Look at the stuff that we go through, right? And so what's the, what's the issue? What's the deal? is what was going on in my head, and I was trying to come to a better understanding of how to fight, of how to stand in victory, or how to fight from the victory that I already have. We hear that phrase a lot, right? That you fight from victory. Well, what does that really look like? You're still in the middle of the mess. And so I was asking all these questions, and some things began to pop in my head, and I know Holy Spirit was trying to teach me something, and I, I have some insight on it, with what he was trying to show me, and that's what I really want to share with you today, is Jesus started with just a conversation. And 
go back and look at Genesis. How did the fall happen? How did it start with a conversation? Did God really say? Right? Think about look think about other major things throughout the throughout the Bible. Just the history that we have of warfare or bad things that happen and it all started with conversations somewhere somehow. If all of us married couples in here told the truth, we would all say something along the lines, well, he said, or she said, or I thought, oh. Yeah. Feel sometimes like Darth Vader's in the room, your thoughts betray you, my son. <laughs> right? I mean, these thoughts, does anybody else get all the thoughts? So you know why that happens? It's because, one, you have Holy Spirit. You have angels that minister to you according to His Word. They're all trying to help and guide and reveal and speak to you. And there is a whole army of the demonic that is trying to do the same thing. And whether it is Holy Ghost arrows or it's the fiery arrows of the night that Psalm 91 talks about, they come at you and I, I believe, nonstop. The, the, the atmosphere of the second realm, the second heaven, there's no sleeping there. Your spirit doesn't sleep. That's why things happen at night. The Bible tells us that God speaks to us at, in our dreams that they're night parables, right? That's because your activity is still going. And all along, the enemy is trying to do and throw and lie. I mean, we're all been there, right? And so sometimes it's not just the conversation that you have here, but it's the conversation that we have here. Sometimes, to me, this is the worst. When things are happening and you and I are being deceived... We don't know it. Once you find out that you're being deceived, well, now you're lied to because you're aware of it. Does that make sense? Deception, it's not when it's caught. When deception is caught, then it's a lie. Because until then, he's just deceiving. He's just throwing darts. And we hear these, these thoughts, these things, and they sound like us. Man, we went and saw that new Marvel Shang-Chi I can't pronounce that right. Y'all seen that? Anybody seen that? Oh, man, I'm, I'm, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Oh, you didn't see it? Oh, now a holy roller over here. I don't go to the movies. I don't wear no makeup either. Big earrings. Oh, you're wearing pants today. Anyway. <laughs> Listen, in the movie, I apologize. I apologize. I've been storing them up, Eric. <laughs> Can I go to lunch with somebody today? <laughs> I'm not going to call John. He's going to take her side. <laughs> yeah. In this new uh, Marvel movie, it, it's kind of an old throwback to the uh, 70s and 80s, the kung fu movies. It's pretty cool. I, I really liked it. But there's a part in there, this guy... He's hearing a voice from this other dimension that's calling him to come and let him out. And it sounds just like the guy's wife that died, you know, so many years ago. And he's dead set that that's who it is. And you ever been there where you're dead set that something, this is the way it is? Because you think that you thought that up and it wasn't you. I've done that multiple times I have stepped into the mess because of something that I thought was real and it wasn't the thought of oh they're, they're saying that because they don't really like you or the thought of man if you did this then, then everybody would appreciate you more oh maybe you should do this because that person feels this way. Are you with me? Those are just 
Those are the darts that come. So right here in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, obviously the, the, the armor stuff, we're going to look at verse 10. Um, New American Standard says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Right, Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. So in the Passion, there's a little bit better breakdown on the Aramaic and the Greek. Verse 10 says, Now, my beloved ones, I have saved the most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with the strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus and stand victorious with the force of His explosive power flowing in you and through you. You with me? Because this is all true. So old school, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And that is a true scripture. It is beautiful. I love it. It's the way I memorized it all these years ago. But there's just so much more breakdown when we talk about the um, stand victorious with the force of the explosive power that is within you and flows through you. There's two levels of capacity. There is one that is in you, and there is the one that comes out of you. You with me? And it's not just regular power. It's explosive power. And that is what is in and is supposed to flow through you and I consistently. So here, you and I have the full force of heaven and the intellect at our disposal. <gasps> you can't say that. Well, I did. You have the mind of Christ. You're seated in heavenly places. You and I have the full capacity understanding and the explosive power in us already because greater is he that lives in me than he that is in the world. And who lives in me? No longer do I live, but Christ lives in me. And I got his mind. Just don't use it all the time. Like a while ago when I said all those jokes about my lovely, beautiful wife, Raquel, who's so powerful and amazing. The point to make here is that you and I, I believe, when the conversations come, when the thoughts come, when the fiery darts come, when we're trying to figure out, man, is this God or is this me or is this him? Number one is we have to remember that his power flows in me and through me. And what does this look like? These thoughts that I'm about to have or that I'm thinking of stepping into this or that or saying something or addressing something that maybe I shouldn't. Do I address it this way or that way? All these things start to happen, right? I believe, number one, we need to ask, is this the power of the Father flowing in me and through me? Am I bringing light Am I bringing life? We talked to someone the other day. Uh, she was talking about, is it uh, the tree of knowledge of good and evil or is it tree of life? It's like, oh, snap, that's good. I'm going to steal that one. Right? So right here, let's look at verse um, 11 in the Passion. He says, put on God's complete set of armor provided to us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. So the armor, um, there's been so many teachings about the armor. It's actually mentioned first in the book of Isaiah. I don't know if you knew that, uh, where in Isaiah 59, where he begins to talk about uh, the Lord is, uh, this is, of course, Old, old Covenant, and he's going to put on the armor against his enemies. And, and go check it out. It's really cool. But that's where this, where Paul's referencing this. Um, but this word here that he says, evil strategies. So um, this uh, methodia, that's how you say it, methodia. Um, and this is the word that's used here for strategy. 
the schemes against the devil or from the devil, right? We all know he's a schemer, right? Is anybody, don't raise your hand, but you ever know anybody that's a schemer or you got them in your family? Don't look at your husbands, right? In Spanish, we have this word, manas, and it can be a good thing or a bad thing. And sometimes when they're trying to, they want to cheat, it's a mania, right? It's a scheme. You know what tile guys will do sometimes when they're trying to do a, it's, they call it a mania, and I tell them, rip the floor out. That ain't going to work. Is uh, you'll have a room that's got like a bathroom, master bathroom, right? So you've got your main area, and you've got usually a, a, the toilet room and maybe a little linen closet. And if the guys don't check where the lines of the tile fall, sometimes you get a tile that needs to wrap around the door jam. And you have to cut it, and it won't fit that way. So you know what they do? They take the back of the tile, and they kind of mark the top where, where the, where the um, jam is, kind of where the door will close over it. And they'll take the back, and they'll cut just a little bit enough to where they barely break it. And then they can put it together, and then they run thin set over the top or grout. And sometimes they're not even that. Sometimes... Um, Sometimes it's real stupid. They'll cut just an actual line and leave a grout line there. And I'm like, come on, that's just stupid, man. That's knowing something is wrong and doing it anyway. And we walk the jobs and we'll say, oh, no, 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 hey, that's not going to work. Oh, well, that's where it fell. No, 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 no. You didn't check it. Pero es un maña? It's a trick. No, that's a bad trick. We're not doing those. Rip it out. It's my name on it. You know what I'm saying? Um, Now I don't even know why I went to Manya's. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, strategy, schemes. Yeah, sorry. That's where I was. I knew that. I was trying to see if y'all paid attention. That's what it was. Come on. So this word, methodia, it comes from two words. Uh, and there is actually, there is not a word in the Hebrew, in the Old Testament, uh, that means this exact thing. And this word is only used twice in the entire New Testament. And uh, it's in uh, Ephesians, both of them. Um, the other one is uh, chapter 4, verse 14, if you, if you want to go look at it. Um, but these two words, so one is a, um, it, it's, it's tied in with, uh, oh, I can't remember now, preposition. Don't say nothing to me, Marilyn, about my English grammar. Anyway, it's, it's, uh, it's that word, and it's also the other word of travel. And the word used for uh, travel or method is what it is, um, that it can be, this, these two together mean that it's something, it's trickery or deception or a method or a plan that can be used at any time in anywhere for trickery. Um, it can mean cunning. Uh, or cunning arts, or deceit, or craftiness. Um, so does that make sense? It's, it tells you right away it's a negative thing. He's, he's scheming. We, we all know what that word means in our, like in our day and time. We always oh, a schemer, right? I used to work with these guys from Chicago, and they would talk about a shyster. Like, oh, yeah, this, this guy, he's a shyster. I'm like, what in the world is a shyster? What is that? Oh, man, he'll rob you. Oh, he's a thief. No, he's a shyster. What? You know, we would get into all that, right? And that's when I learned that uh, Illinois has some of its own language. <laughs> but it was no different than us in Texas, right? They would ask me stuff all the time. What did you just say? I would get that. Um, so then he makes this point here uh, and this is where I really wanted to get to today. Man, it's already 1220. Raquel took so long, man. Um, <laughs> verse 12. Yes. Y'all don't realize it, but I get payback when I'm up here. That's what it is. It's not. <laughs> look, at, look at verse 12 real quick. He says, your hand-to-hand -hand combat is not with human beings. Don't you feel like that shouldn't be in there? Shouldn't that verse be, that part of the verse should be out of the Bible, man. 
What do you mean our, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood? Right? Don't you want, you want it to be people most of the time. You want to be it. Right? But he says it's not. Our, our hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principality and authority operating in the rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. But he says in verse 13, Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides, so you are protected as you confront the slander. For you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. And that is what the schemes are meant to combat against. He wants to tear down your identity of what you know and understand, your capacity of understanding and revelation of who you are and what you're meant to do so that what the power that is in you doesn't flow out of you. It's a scheme to dissuade you from being you in every aspect of life. He comes at every single aspect. Is that true? But you know the beautiful thing? His Holy Spirit and the angels are trying to do the exact same thing, and they come at you at every single aspect of life. And so there's this conversation piece going on that you and I, we have got to realize that there is a battle in our thoughts that is for our thoughts and for the conversation that we have. Listen, I, I, wanna, I wanted to get to another spot, but I'll, I think I'm going to stop here and just point a couple things, and we'll pick up next week. I want to go into some examples. I would ch- uh, encourage you uh, to go look at the testing of Jesus in the wilderness, Luke 4, uh, Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve. We're going to look at Job uh, and some things in Isaiah as well. But here's the thing that I want to leave you with today the most is all of us, starting with me, our capacity is greater than where we are currently walking, than where we are currently living, and it is greater than where we are currently thinking. Your capacity and mine is even greater than where we are listening. So we know that God speaks in all kind of ways, right? In Hebrews, he says in various ways and in different uh, I forgot the other way, other word there. And so, the key, I believe, for us is that we have got to dive deeper into how does dad speak to me? And it's going to, anybody ever had him shift on you? You ever had him shift? How, man, I do not like that, man. I don't like that. I'm a very patterned person. I love my pattern. And you're going to go and change on the most important thing in my life, and you're going to change? Come on, man. I feel like Wilder. Come on, man. And I think he's just up there laughing at me. No, son, you come on. Let's dive in a little deeper. Thank God that our marriage is not at the same capacity it was in year one. One of us would be dead. (laughs) A to the men. So what I wanted to kind of put out there as we, you know, we threw the gauntlet down a few weeks ago when we, 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 we talked about the fight that we're in and we were going after, we threw the gauntlet down towards the enemy. And for a lot of us, all hell broke loose, right? And in all of that, we have to know our Father's voice. We have to know the adjustments we have to know the changes. We have to learn 
the move of his spirit for you and I. And then because we're all decided to come together as a community, we got to learn for the community. And then as we step out into the world, because this right here, this, this is for us. This isn't for them. And then when we step out there, we got to hear and see how he's moving so that we can bring reformation to the systems of the world. Not go hit them with the King James Version, but bring them life and love, the light of the Father that comes in you and through you. Does this make sense? Are you with me? So as we walk out of here, as we step into the next moments, remember that Jesus wants to give more. But we're not able to grasp it. So, okay, Jesus, so what's the more that you want to give me? And he's going to say, oh, man, I'm so glad you asked. Remember the day you had that bad attitude? Yeah? Let's talk about that. And then there comes a conversation. And then the enemy is going to sit over and throw that dart, and it's going to say, but they deserved it. They talked to me like I was stupid. Did they tell you you were stupid? No, but that's what I felt. So maybe your feelings are off. Did you have a bad day? Did you not eat your Wheaties? <laughs> Did you not have sugar? Shut up. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It, it, we have to stop in those things. Thank you, Train. We have to stop in those things and adjust the conversation. It's time to get the filter a little bit better on what's coming in so that what's going out is more powerful. Now, I'm not talking about turn off that TV show. Man, I'm not even, whatever. I'm talking about the thoughts. Your thoughts define me. Right? You're inside me. You're my reality. Abba. Our enemy hates us and has got so many schemes and traps laid out, and he's constantly trying. And sometimes those schemes, sometimes those thoughts, they sound like your own voice or they sound like his. Sometimes it looks like a great idea, and it's not. There's some things that I believe we're about to step into as a community. Our level of capacity has been growing. We can't go through everything we've been going through and not stretch and grow and get tougher skin. Our knuckles are a little bit stronger now. Do you know that that happens? You ever seen them? Uh, um, any Bruce Lee fans? Yeah. So you remember the wooden, uh, oh, I forgot the actual Chinese name of it. It's um. Um, it's the wooden dummy with the two little arms sticking out, and you, he, he, he developed that himself. So in China and Japan, it was learned that when you, when you would punch, your bone actually crushes. But the body's so amazing that it builds up stronger and tougher. It builds back the calcium goes back over, and it's beautiful. And that's why you see all these movies where they've, they, they've learned that that's what a lot of traditional martial artists would do, is they would sit there and, you know, have a block or, you know, not no Steven Seagal fake junk where he wraps a rope around it. Y'all seen that one? You remember that one? Come on, Mark. You know. Me and Mark, a lot of, lot of like, a lot of similarities, man. And it's the same way we go through something we get tougher, we get stronger, we get more wise. So let's, let's filter out the conversation that doesn't belong, dive into what does so that what is coming into us can flow out of us. Amen? Are you all with me? Yes? Stand with me if you would. Does this make sense? That would be a definite no. All right. I'll take that. Yeah. Man, Father, you're so good. And we thank you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you this morning that you have a heart 
that wants to reveal more of us to us straight from you so that we can flow exactly how you want us to flow with you. And, you know, man, God, there's this concept we just read about that the power that is within us is meant to flow out of us. And I I pray that each of us that's in this room, hearing my voice, each of us that would watch on YouTube or that hears a podcast, um, those on Zoom right now, Lord, that, that we would be aware of the conversation that we would be aware of the need to filter better, the need to be better understanding uh, and, and closer and uh, like, like tighter with you so that we can have more of what's in us flow out of us, that we will be aware of the schemes, we will be aware of deception, that you will shine the light in our capacity so that we can shine the light on the schemes. And Father, I pray most of all that we would remember that our our struggle and our wrestle and our combat is not against people, but it's against the influence that people are under. And so we are aware of that. Increase our capacity, Jesus, of that understanding so that as we walk, as we, as we run this race, that we're not deceived and that we're not attacking people, but that we would fight the right fight and not even listen to the wrong one. <laughs> Father, I thank you so much. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would help us to be more aware. And I pray uh, that, uh, as the Word tells us, we call upon the angelic, the ministering spirits straight from the throne room. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would give us strategy and even the, uh, the awareness to call on the angelic uh, when needed. We, and that's according to Psalm 91. You don't even want our toe to be stubbed. So, Father, I pray for that awareness. I pray for that when we're in the fight, that we would remember that there is a full army of angelic waiting for us to release it. So, Lord, I just I ask for that awareness for all of us. And I pray in the name of Jesus that, that as we continue to push in, Lord, I pray for some smooth growth. Some smooth growth, Father. That the rough roads, uh, it's time for them to take a break. The wilderness in the desert that we're about to cut open, or the roadway in the, in the desert, I'm sorry. I pray that that would just be smooth. That it would be so powerful what we're stepping into, that the struggle is not even there. That it would just be smooth. Father, I just thank you. I pray in the name of Jesus for just that awareness. In the name of Jesus, amen. You know how um, for us musicians, we talk about being tight and being in the pocket. Um, I know that uh, football teams have to be like in sync, right, with their motion and their thoughts and their movement. You ever seen, um, I know... Larry, you've got to go through some of that training with how to, how to enter a building, you know, three or four of y'all, how you cover rooms, how, how police officers, you know, do all that. Uh, and there's, you ever seen when they'll, they'll go in and, and, or even in the military, you'll see that one guy, the guy in the back will have his hand on the other guy's shoulder so that they move as one or, you know, they cover in twos, uh, cover corners in twos. Um, all of that is about being tight and being uh, in unison. And I, 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 I didn't know how to verbalize that while ago in my prayer, but that is what I feel. That's the picture I'm seeing in my head of where we're, where we're headed. When I, talk, when I was talking about the, uh, the smooth places being made or the rough places being made smooth, the, the next road being smooth, the, the, the roadway in the wilderness, the river in the desert, uh, you know, it's not easy to make a river in the desert, right? 
Um, that's a lot of hard work, but for us, this next step is not going to be. It's going to be very smooth. We're going to be in unison like, a, like that military team co- taking down a building, uh, covering twos, covering corners, high lows, in unison. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Father, I just decree that in the name of Jesus. So, amen. Man, God bless you all. If you're going to uh, join, you can get Sarah on information about going up to the courthouse today. Uh, we love you all. God bless you so much, and y'all be safe. If you need to be in prayer for anything specific, come on up here and see us. In Jesus' name, we love you.